<laughs> He's Scott. He's Lee. And we're here to save the movies. Episode 21. Xanadu. Xanadu. My suggestion, but Scott picked it. We're very brave of him. I was curious. It's he was that do curious, as most of us are. You were so enthusiastic about it. I, you know, it, <laughs> I, it, I had to know. It's it's a weird, it's a weird movie because I watched it years ago and and it won me over. And it's one of those movies I think a lot of people think is bad. And I can't say it's good in the sense that it's got a lot of weird things in it. But it's like a sort of a legendary flop kind of a movie that nobody really likes. But I. Same time, it's like if you watch it and you just watch it and enjoy it, I think it's got a lot of charm, and I think I think it gets unfairly maligned. I think this is at the worst a slight movie, not a bad movie. I would agree, and I will say that I'm not sure why I liked it, but I did enjoy it. Right? I don't. I mean, other than it's just fun, it's got a lot of fun elements. It's, yeah, because you're right. I can't say it's like well, the story's kind of silly. Right, the, there's not much of it there, really. Uh, yeah, it's just, just enough to have like a few musical numbers show. You know, I was like, because they'll, and they'll have long musical numbers and they just move. <laughs> like the plot's really simple. It's just it feels sincere and likable in a way. It's also maybe because it flopped and so it didn't create a lot of like imitators. It's also kind of unique still. I think maybe if it had been successful, there'd be a better Xanadu. <laughs> It definitely feels kind of experimental. Right. In a way, yeah. yeah. Um, and there's, it would be a terrible movie if it didn't have that much music in it. Yes. But then it wouldn't exist. I mean, that's the right. And without the music, it'd be a terrible movie. I mean, it I guess I'm saying it'd be, it'd be a bad movie if it, was Zan- if it wasn't Xanadu. Right, right. <laughs> Which it was. Yeah. So no worries. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it's one of those movies. It's just, I don't know what it is. I, I, I first saw it years ago with a friend of mine, and we just thought, oh, we'll watch this, and it'll be silly. And by the end, uh, we were just like, you know what? I can't. Yeah, you can make fun of the movie in some degree, but I can't look down on this movie. I just find it charming. I was prepared to not like it, and I managed to not like it till about a fourth of the way through. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just start chaining musical numbers. And yeah. It just makes you feel good. <laughs> yeah. And they're fun. They're good musical numbers. They're a lot of fun. Yes. They've got a lot of... Uh, the songs, I think, are, are lively and engaging. And they've got some cool fantasy sequences I like. And it's just... It helps that I think the cast is... is this feels like a guileless movie. <laughs> and normally, I'm like... I think it's bad when a movie or a book or any story doesn't have subtext. Because subtext is usually where the interesting elements of the movie take place. This one doesn't really have that. This has text <laughs> and yet that's kind of it's it's what sells it on me like it feels like it's exactly what it wants to be and it's not trying to trick you and it's not trying to be subtle it's just trying to be sincere and fun and enjoyable i think maybe there's a little bit of subtext just just yeah, a yeah. scotch yeah 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 and we'll get there <laughs> well yeah i'm sure the there is part, it's, yeah. it's very yeah it's very upfront about right just some excuse to get to the next big block of yeah crazy musical numbers chained together yeah and you know i i would I, i'm interested to see what you hear about that and say about that subtext because i would not disagree in the sense that you'll probably convince me because it's really unusual to not like something i mostly you need some kind of subtext and so i would believe that you could probably convince me there's some going on here i think there's a little bit going on yeah well uh we'll get to it what was your favorite thing about the movie my favorite thing is i was i was torn <laughs> 
I said the sincerity, but I think I just love some of the creativity with the musical numbers. I feel like they're they're smarter than they 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 feel like they're trying to do something creative and interesting, and they work most of the time. Yeah, yeah. they have this theme of going through time. Yes, um, that they harp on uh, definitely. The, the movie starts off that way, right? Yeah, the um, the intro graphic, um, but they're they're picking out music from at least a few different eras. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, I think that helps to keep it interesting. And they draw they draw the comparison, of, and maybe it's that idea of the emotional connection with music. I'm not even a huge music guy, but it's the emotional connection with music is kind of universal, transcends eras. Yeah, I think parts of it felt a little bit like uh, Fantasia, where some of it was interpretive. Yeah, I can see that. I'd, I'd buy that. Part one of it is really like Fantasia. <laughs> one bit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, one of those numbers is really on the nose. That's right. Um, but uh, what was your, what was your best thing? Uh, I love Gene Kelly in this movie, um, and he's just—it's not that he has like any dramatic acting bits in this. He's just happy to be there, and he's dancing, playing the clarinet, and, and, and it's a uh, lot of fun. <laughs> he is uh, as the uh, the often unspeaking third member of the podcast mentioned. She said this line: "Suave as fuck." <laughs> I can't argue with that. Like, they're every time, like, there's scenes that should just look ridiculous. It's like, oh, they're <laughs> dancing, and it looks stupid, and he's surrounded by all these 80s. But every time Gene Kelly moves and, like, comes out and smiling, I'm just like, man, that guy is just like, he's cooler than I'll ever be in yeah, my life. He owns it. He owns it. Like, the roller skating sequence at the end, I'm like, I'm to- suddenly roller skating seems classy and awesome. <laughs> well, I always thought that about roller well, skating. Well, <laughs> I, I was hard convincing, but now I'm not. <laughs> The part where he's trying on different clothes. It's like, it shouldn't work, but I just love his head. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I have to admit, he's, he's awesome in this movie. Yeah, he's happy to be there, and if you're not happy to see him there, I'm just going to say it, you're an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> You've got no soul. If you cannot respond to the joy Gene Kelly is radiating off the screen, you might need to go see a therapist. <laughs> the exact do test? <laughs> what do you think there's, of Gene Kelly? a few different Xanadu tests. What do you think of Gene Kelly and Xanadu? He was all right. My God, get this man a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was your worst thing? Oh, uh, let's see. My worst thing is the corporate tools in this movie <laughs> who don't understand real art because <laughs> they are everywhere, <laughs> trying to crush Sonny's spirit. <laughs> By making him work for money. <laughs> Doing something like he's ass. good at. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bastards. Pers- trying to make him pursue his chosen field <laughs> in a way that generates profits. <laughs> Those soulless monsters. <laughs> what about that douchebag who likes the way he painted his van? <laughs> that guy's the king of the asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Acts like he's just some nice hot dog salesman. Who's just happy that people are liking his work stuff. His, he's happy with the work he got. Ah, oh, what a jerk. Trying to bring Sonny down. <laughs> he's a stooge of capitalism, is what he is. <laughs> That's probably, the, well, the one guy the closest this movie thing has to a villain. This movie doesn't really have a villain when you think about it. No. It's it's too nice. I mean, the one guy's sort of a villain in the sense that he wants Sonny to do a job he pays him for. And <laughs> <laughs> puts up with his attitude. I'm like, he can seem that bad a guy. I don't know. Yeah. 
But in a nice he universe like this, that's he's he's the equivalent of Hitler in this universe. Like he ran over Sonny's dog or something. <laughs> there's there's not a lot of real conflict. Uh, I mean, Sonny keeps chasing uh, Akira around. Yeah, that's an interesting aspect because there's not a lot of real conflict. The closest you get is when he finally goes and confronts Zeus and has to do it. Um, and even then, there's sort of the conflict that she she doesn't want to feel emotion and all that. But but uh, other than that, I mean, most of the conflict is, hey, where's this chick that I met? There's, there's this lady. <laughs> she kissed me, and I keep seeing her at different places, and she keeps leading me on adventures <laughs> and musical numbers. Well, you better keep chasing her. Oh, boy. For you. So my worst thing. <laughs> the opposite. I would expect you to be on the side of the artist, but me as part of the... <laughs> part of the evil corporate masters mm-hmm. as all writers are i find his attitude a little off-putting <laughs> <laughs> you've embraced what sunny cast aside that's right i feel that's why i resent him because i'm not an artist anymore i'm i'm uh, i'm doing something i get paid to do you bastard wish, you wish you could throw away your passion and open a nightclub <laughs> <laughs> the story really is just nonsense <laughs> No, it's simple. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Zeus sends down Olivia Newton John as a muse to inspire the opening of a roller disco. That's pretty basic. <laughs> it's classic. I think Homer wrote the first version of that. <laughs> Thinking about it, this seems like a very capitalist, uh, like objectivist kind of <laughs> fulfillment here <laughs> where. The greatest Stop. thing you can achieve is opening your own business. That's interesting because you're ready to think about it like that. I mean, because it's so sincere, but just kind of like, stop being a wasteful painter, <laughs> even if you're getting paid and productive. Become a productive member of society, open a nightclub. Real art is making a profit. <laughs> not but making not a profit through, for someone else. But not through expression. <laughs> Working for the man is the real, the real set. <laughs> Empower yourself. By being part of capitalism. Every movie we watch can't turn into an objectivist (laughs) metaphor. Well, technically, everyone can. Because those are, I think, themes that run throughout. There's Uh, so many themes that are interesting. American cinema. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and you know, so many stories. I was was watching this dumb cartoon the other day. uh, And at one point, the the girl's a magical princess who's from another land. And she, her father, her family got put off the throne or whatever. And she's on Earth. And I was just like, wait a minute. And I was turning to my wife and I said... You ever notice how quickly in fantasy of all types a monarchy is automatically good? Like, and I was like, why is the guy who says, you know what, I don't like being ruled by a king automatically? The <laughs> I'm like, almost nobody has a monarchy anymore, and we still do it, right? Especially in America, right? Like, I was just because I was thinking that the other day, I was like, I was looking at this, reading this thing, and it's like the rightful king is off the throne and a bad guy, and I was just like. What's his right to the throne except that he was born? To... And then I'm like, well, maybe it's just human nature. Maybe. <laughs> right. The bad guy institutes like pre-K or something. <laughs> and the princess is like, this has to go. <laughs> That's can't the Lord to read. <laughs> the original draft of the Lion King. Guy tries to uh, create universal health care. <laughs> That's right. He tries to help the news and the hyenas. And then, and then the Lion King comes and kills him. And then he's like, okay, everyone go back to where you belong. <laughs> Party's over, folks. Party's over. Some writer was like, maybe if we make him a bad king. Okay. And he just destroys the land by existing. Well, that doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> Neil Gaiman has a great short story where uh, the queen and Snow White, they, he tells it from her perspective. Yeah. And Snow White's this like weird, demonic <laughs> us- usurper. That I can see it. Just murders people. 
There's two sides to every story. It's just interesting how, like, like even though you made the joke about, like, objectivism, I'm like, well, every story, if you analyze and think about it, can have interesting ideas. And this one, by accident, is kind of like, it's supposed to be like, oh, it's about art, but it really is like, stop painting, open a nightclub. <laughs> His fulfillment seems to be finding a rich guy to become part of this It's true. He's like, what's your investment in this? Well, I found the place. He's <laughs> like, I'm the idea, man. I'm the idea. <laughs> It's a perfect system. <laughs> you know, I've, I've often thought about building a spaceship. If only I could find a guy. I just need an engineer, a billionaire, and, and scientist. And I'm going to come up with the design. It's going to be purple <laughs> and have a cool fin on it. That's what Elon Musk did. <laughs> <laughs> you should head to the beach and start looking for uh, tambourine players. I should. <laughs> So, uh, I guess we can go to spoiler and talk about the movie? Yeah, anything? Oh, do we do we the wheel before? Wheel. I think we do the wheel before. Okay, we'll do the wheel before. For new listeners, <laughs> we have so many joining every week. Wheel metaphors is the wheel we spin to let fate tell us what this movie was. Really That's right, because everything is everything. <laughs> everything is a metaphor for everything. Right. Anything's a metaphor for whatever you happen to That's right. need it to be. <laughs> It's kind of loud. Shazam. Shazam. <laughs> wait, wait. Is that Shazam, the, the wizard who gave Captain Marvel his powers? I'll be honest. I was thinking of the movie with Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, Kazam. <laughs> did I get it wrong? Yes, you did. <laughs> or did you? Baron Stain. <laughs> Kazam. Yes, it's Kazam. Well, it says Shazam. Let's go. With no, that. it's not. It's, it's the Shazam's a different thing. It's that Shazam's app. an app. Unless you figure out because I can do either. I was thinking Kazam. Okay, well here's the thing. Kazam is very similar to this movie it in the make sense any of sense. in the sense of so Kazam is a rapping genie <laughs> <laughs> who helps a boy. His father is pirating music. It's a very dumb movie. It's very confusing. His father's pirating music. Yes, that's a big part of the movie, is that his his evil dad is pirating music, because kids love that kind of music story. But here's what I remember best about Kazam, is at the end, he's wished free, so he's free of the lamp, and he's and you see him, and he's hooked up with this woman, and he's walking away, and she's like, you gotta get a job. And I thought, what better example of the transition from, he was like, I'm free, He's like, you're not free. You just got more responsibilities, dude. I get that. You know, it's, it sucks to be a magical genie stuck in a lamp. You're just stuck in another lamp. Maybe, <laughs> maybe if we fast forward like a year into Xanadu's future, Sonny's like, man, I'm tired of being a business owner. I should be into <laughs> to yoga. Maybe that's Sonny's problem. He's, he's just always not happy where he's at. He seems like that kind of guy. <laughs> he seems like that kind of guy. And she's like, Sonny, I came back to, for, to Earth for you. Whatever. I don't think I like you very much anymore. So really, Kazam and Sonny have the same arc where they're never really satisfied. Well, they think they've, they've won, but they've kind of lost. They're, by the they're way, still hollow inside. Uh, by the way, I refuse to accept this on Sonny's behalf because Xanadu is too sincere and I will not be cynical about Xanadu. <laughs> He did find love. He did find love and he's happy. They were happy forever. That's right. Zeus even said so. The end. <laughs> <laughs> Kindly old Zeus. Kindly old Zeus. <laughs> it was really very polite when Sonny barges into his like extra dimension. Yeah. Well, I think he was more like, hey, this doesn't happen a lot. I like nice, Zeus. Nice to have visitors. <laughs> have a Werther's original. She <laughs> <laughs> like some butterscotch, Sonny. You understand, it's really not that old for me. 
They're all stuck together. <laughs> oh, would you, would you want all the contact information? Are you looking oh, at? Oh yeah. Like, have you never seen Kazam? No, I haven't. <laughs> okay, Kazam will not be on this podcast because it's not a good movie. It's not an underrated movie, but it is an interesting movie that I do recommend watching. In terms of weird. I especially love Shaquille O'Neal's idea of rapping is just talking. Like you real, I'm not a big fan of rap. I have to admit, I'm, but like when I hear bad rap, I realize how good good rap is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not easy. So when Kazam is just like Shazak, she was like, "I will grant your wishes when they turn to fishes." It's like you just gotta give it. It's not just rhyming. It's gotta have. It's, it's also gotta kind of fit together like with the flow. That's why Dr. Seuss is awesome because the words don't just rhyme, but the the flow works together. There's a meter to it, right? It's like just you can't just. I mean, Shaq can barely string a sentence together. I guess. <laughs> no offense, Shaq. Oh yeah, well I'm sure he's <laughs> he's crying right now. <laughs> yeah. A little tear with his millions of dollars. He's got his number one Save the Movies yeah. fan Just he was this close. He was, tear. <laughs> he was this close to tweeting us <laughs> to get millions of fans, and you blew it, Scott. You blew it. Oh, I've been such a sunny. Right. Uh, gosh, it's been so long. I'm trying to remember what our information is. <laughs> um, you can follow us on Twitter at Save the Movies. Uh, our website is SaveTheMovies.com. You can email us at podcast at SaveTheMovies.com and maybe send us better suggestions for the Wheel of Metaphors. <laughs> That's right. We'll take them. Uh, you can find Lee's blog at AleeMartinez.com. I'm also on Twitter at AleeMartinez. And I'm on Facebook. Facebook fan page is Ailey Martinez Action Force Clubhouse. Neat. There oh, we go. have a Facebook too. Uh, oh, yeah. Facebook.com slash Save the Movies. There you go. Like you might expect. Uh, we'll break here for spoilers. You want to go see Santa Do? I don't you know if really really spoilers. <laughs> you know, go in with an open heart. <laughs> <laughs> if, you're, if you're feeling down sometime, turn on Santa Do. <laughs> it's just, that's true. I was not even feeling that down when I came here. But I realized maybe I was because I feel so much lighter and happier. Right? Like a weight's been lifted. Spoilers. 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 All right. All right. So we open up with one of Scott's favorite things, the logo incorporating movie elements. Yeah. Yeah, this is really kind of heavy foreshadowing because they have the um, the different aircraft yeah. spinning around the globe. And they change the music. And they slowly go through different musical eras. Um, they start with the classical. Yeah, they start with the classic plane. And then there's like a little bit like an older, like it's like it's a biplane at first. And it's the old universal. And then they change, and then it gets to the modern era with the UFO. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they played the Xanadu theme. You'll find out later. I, the Xanadu theme. I like that. You know, it's interesting. It, it shows that, even though this movie doesn't get a lot of credit, it shows that they, I mean, they knew it with intent because the opening establishes it. Yeah. It's like, this is intended. This is a movie that's sort of a, a weird celebration about music. I think there's an arc here. Yeah. It's just, it's not, <laughs> hmm. What do I want to say here? <laughs> There's an arc here, but it, it seems like it's almost not related to the story. Uh, it's interesting. It's a thematic arc. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. I can see that. That's so when you talk about the subtext. The subtext is yeah. sort of the thematic subtext. That's interesting. Right. Sonny's going through these stages, and what he's actually doing doesn't matter so much. Well, it's about the music and the, the idea. Evolving. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can see that. It's interesting. Uh, it's sort of uh, as much as it's very light on story, it's it's stronger on theme, um, which I think actually works. I think that it's, it helps hold it together. Yeah, and I think the music follows that arc that we see on the opening graphic, right? Because we start with the older, like nineteen fifties music. Yeah. Well, actually, we start with Gene Kelly playing a clarinet. Right. It's uh, it's intentional. Is... It's we open up. It's almost like it's a, it's an interesting shot because it's just Gene Kelly opening clarinet. And then we cut to uh, Sonny. He's doing his art badly, <laughs> which his art is just mainly drawing and being angry. Right. He's just being angsty, which is what art's all about, man. Sometimes, you know, that, that art, the it's idea the that suffering. art is angsty is interesting because I've, I've talked to some people online about that where like more than one, like I know like an artist and he just said, he's like, it's weird when someone's like, art comes from a place of pain. And they're just like... <laughs> Well, you sometimes you're just doing it because you like doing it. It's a weird thing to to sort of romanticize art as pain. Writing about like your horrible experiences and like you know the torture chamber. Okay, it's probably not coming from a good place. But if you're writing about love, you can write about love in a nice way. <laughs> it doesn't have to be. It's a very pervasive kind of idea, mm-hmm. though that that artists are, are tortured somehow. Right, and maybe that's what I like about this movie is it doesn't feel like it's saying that message. Right. It, it's, I kind of agree, mainly because Sonny stops drawing. <laughs> <laughs> the movie's saying, because he's doing if you're it wrong. This, if, you're, this, if this is such an unpleasant experience where you stop doing it. <laughs> yeah, I could buy that. <laughs> Guy like me shouldn't dream like Sonny. I, I've met you two minutes and I already hate you. <laughs> you're lucky that Olivia Rune John sees something good in you, because otherwise, then he tears up that. And he throws it out and it flies out the window. As we've been told, Sonny is a ladies' man. <laughs> he does it. One of the cosmic forces of the universe to fall in love with him. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. I got I got one time, I got the cosmic force of Anui to fall in love with me. It was all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? How'd you feel about that? <laughs> it just feel kind of pointless. Yeah, it was just like, uh, <laughs> We're just going through the motions at this time, babe. <laughs> then we get the wall painting of like the muses. Yeah. Although we don't know the muses well, at the time. So but... Sonny's t- torn up one of his drawings yeah. and, and thrown them out the window. And there's a sequence where they fly past five or six different buildings. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and land in front of a mural with uh, several women painted on mm-hmm. it. And this is where we get our first musical number. <laughs> right. And there, the song is, appropriately enough, I'm Alive. I'm alive. ELO does the music for, for half of this movie, then it's half of it's uh, uh, somebody else wrote the song from Olivia Newton John. But And then they're dancing off the walls, the, the muses. <laughs> yeah. And this sequence, again, I can't be negative about it. It just feels very joyful to me. Yeah. It's not a. Hmm. I, I don't know why. <laughs> you don't know why what? Why it's a good sequence? <laughs> I don't know. Other I don't, than I don't understand. I, I think the, the the way it's directed, the music helps. The way it's directed, I like the that they like the animated glow around the women. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and I like the way they do it, where they slowly come off one real time. I think that's part of it. The choreography and yeah. the the focus of the camera. Yeah, is is changing enough that, to make the scene interesting. Right. Yeah, and they seem lively. And I love the <laughs> yeah. dance. Like I like that. Liberty John's clearly the only one who doesn't really know how to dance at this level. <laughs> So she's mostly just standing around while the other ones do like these cool dance moves. She's doing a lot of dancing with her fingers. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> then they all shoot off into space, but she comes back down, and then she's roller skating, <laughs> as muses do. Yes, exactly. 
Um, I miss roller skates. <laughs> I'm just throwing out the old there. school roller skates. Yeah, not roller blades. <laughs> two by two roller skates. They're so much easier to ride. <laughs> but you can't get the speed. Yes, I don't need to feel like I'm ice skating on the concrete. <laughs> you know what I miss? I was thinking about this the other day. I miss when people could ride bikes without having to wear like all that stuff. I know, but people don't. I don't mean like helmets. Helmets, like, you don't crack your head open. But I'm talking about like everyone wearing like speed suits. Like they're all like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, like every time I see a, a guy riding a bike, he's got like the whole outfit on. Right. Like he's in the Olympics or something. And I'm just like, okay, fine. He's in the Tour de France. Yeah, because he's like, well, I gotta, I'm gonna ride a bike. I bet if you ride a bike in pants, you'll be okay too. But, <laughs> taking, uh, taking the same drugs Lance Armstrong took. <laughs> I miss that. So I'm on your side there. It was a simpler time. It was a simpler time when you just had a Schwinn in a dream. But yeah, roller skates are fun. Yeah. They're fun, yeah. They didn't stop being fun just because they went out of style. <laughs> well, the funny part is rollerblades actually were invented like in the 50s and they weren't successful. Wow. And they came back later. Huh. Mm. I don't know that. Mm? It shows that it was a more perfect time. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from all the you know segregation and stuff. <laughs> That's best not mentioned. That's not. Let's just pretend like it doesn't exist. <laughs> then we don't have to worry about it. So yeah, they all come. I just love the sequence. They come out. They fly. She's roller skating. She... She bumps into Sonny. Yeah. Who's wandering the beach, which is what he does all the time. <laughs> even though... <laughs> being being all artisty. <laughs> even though he literally has a job where he's supposed to... Like, well, he just paints when he wants? I don't understand what this guy's problem is. I think when he went into that other job, he said that he'd quit for a while. Yeah. To try to make a go of it freelance. Yeah. But didn't find any work, so... Right. He's like, I couldn't figure it out. I guess out. he was just unemployed. <laughs> well, and I, I think it's interesting because he's like, I couldn't figure out what I want to do. And I'm like, well, maybe you're not... Maybe you're a good <laughs> painter, but not a good creator. Like, that's why. Maybe you're like, I can paint something. Because, you know, like, I, I draw a little bit. Cartooning, not a lot. But I, I, I mean, nothing really extreme. But I cartoon. But one of the things that I do is I'll, I'll tend to create characters of my own. And so I've had a lot of artists tell me, it's like, oh, well, I don't do that. I just, I, I can draw, but I don't usually create my own characters. And I'm like, well, that makes sense because they're two different skills. It's like, Sonny, maybe you're not an artiste in that way. You're <laughs> just a really good painter. Who can copy stuff? I think that's what I don't like about Sonny is that he he has this attitude about working for the man, but he doesn't have a project that he wants to. That's work right. On. Yeah, it'd be different if he was like, "Oh, I've always wanted to do this, and I just can't do it." He's just a fucking hipster. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too cool for this corporate oh, shit, man. Sonny, I, I agree. I think it'd be easier. <laughs> it'd be nicer. I mean, I guess again, the lightness of this movie is they don't want to give him too much of a thing to what he wants to do beyond Xanadu, but. It'd be great if there was some, maybe he had like, I see this vision of like architecture and art merging. And then it would make sense. Sure. <laughs> but he never comes up with that. He, he studied to be an architect, but he also wanted to be a painter. And then someone's like, well, maybe one day you'll be able to combine the two and create your own like, but it never comes up. It's more like, you're right. He's, it's, it's like this general idea that art is his thing. But it's like, dude, I can sit around saying all day, I like art. What does that mean? Sure. I mean, by that metric, I'm a writer. That's right. <laughs> I'd be one, too, if I didn't sell out and write. Yeah, you're a corporate stooge. That's right. I'm an artist. Because <laughs> so, I sit around and, and whine and don't produce anything. That's right. By the way, I love that this movie is in the 80s. It's exactly 80s, so it's like the very tail in the 70s. So they still have some of that 70s haircuts, some of that yeah, 80s haircuts. And I, I think it's just the right level of, like, 
I just I love it. <laughs> like, like I love Olivia Newton-John's hair and Sonny's hair. Southern's looks gonna make a comeback here. Oh boy! So I mean, even the the building that he makes, somebody hands him a picture of it. <laughs> That's true. He doesn't come up. With What's it. interesting is like she is a muse, but she's like she really is more like a muse who does almost all the work. Yeah. She arranges the meetings, and like even when they're like, "What do we name this place?" and she's like, "Xanadu." <laughs> Maybe that's the stark secret of, of Xanadu is that it's really about take, men, men taking taking credit for for female achievement. <laughs> take that history. Ooh, nice subtext. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really, I, I, you could say it's a story about Danny, right? Because he's yeah. the one that actually kind of has the vision for what what the nightclub's going to be. I mean, they both they're share both that. Contribute. They're both they're both sp- part of, and they're both. I mean, they're both touched by Kira. Olivia Newton-John's character, Kira. Danny was a musician, and then when she left... And this is actually I thought was interesting. When they talk about... Well, I mean, we're skipping some stuff here, but when he meets Gene Kelly, who's, who's doing the clarinet... I mean, Gene Kelly's just awesome. He chases after Kira on that bike that he steals, <laughs> borrows. Because <laughs> he's such a lady killer. Because he's a lady killer. Like, no, except this girl. He's nobody... Like, I need to borrow this bike. I'll bring it back. Well, he's nobody like, that handsome... God. Nobody that handsome could be a thief. <laughs> This is 1980. What could go wrong? <laughs> At first, I was all worried when he gets knocked in that he was going to go in with the bike. And I was like, you got to buy that lady a new bike now. But luckily, he only goes in. The bike doesn't go in. Yeah. Not much damage to the no. bike. <laughs> Just him flying through the pier. The, uh, yeah, because he's chasing her because he's seen her. And there's the album cover. It's all, it's all complicated. <laughs> he, he goes with Gene Kelly. Oh, wait, wait. This is where they. So there's, there's a meat cute. That's right. Which is what you said when it came up. That's right. And what you say a lot of times when that happens in the movie. It's always there. Because <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she, he meets um, Olivia Newton-John, Kira. Yeah. And she just immediately kisses him and runs off. Rods off. Tell, flies away. <laughs> and justifiably, he's like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> right. <laughs> wait for me. <laughs> and then he keeps seeing her, which is makes sense. Like, he's like, sees her on the album cover. He's like, well, this is, this is weird. Yeah. I do like when he finally meets her and he talks to her in the in the the club when and he says that he's like he's like well this is gonna sound weird and she's like what makes you think it's gonna sound weird I do like that scene and yeah and, it, <laughs> and doesn't he say something like it's like I'm not making it happen and she goes what makes you think it's, it makes it, you think it's happening you're the one who's I love that <laughs> like she's sort of knowing and sly and winking and I find her very charming in that scene like I'm not a huge Olivia Newton John fan in the sense that you know she I think she's a talented artist and all that I mean I think she's fine in Greece I, I don't like Greece very much but I think she's fine in Greece <laughs> but I will admit in this movie. I find her adorable. <laughs> she just seems like so. She's cute as a button. Yeah, she just seems like when she's just skating and talking <laughs> to him, and then like she disappears, and it's, it's like it's like it seems very whimsical and magical. And I'm just like, oh, I I don't know why I should be irritated by this, <laughs> but instead I'm just like, yeah, he's the whimsical, magical. <laughs> I mean, honestly, everybody in this movie is really happy. Yeah, yeah. And if, I mean, except Sunny. Some of the time, but uh, <laughs> everybody else is, is pretty upbeat. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it came off as a little bit forced, but soon, pretty soon you're just in Xanadu world and everybody's having a great time. Right. It helps, I think, again, that it's buoyed by the charisma of uh, of Olivia Newton John and uh, Gene Kelly. I think uh, Michael Beck, who plays Sonny, is fine. I don't think he's a bad actor in this. But he's probably most famous for The Warriors, where he kind of plays a badass. And also he was in Megaforce, where he doesn't play a badass. <laughs> um, 
but I think he he does fine in this. But he is the one that like whenever he's got it. But I think also it's really hard. I mean, how do you balance that part about being sort of the closest to a cynical character in this movie? You know, since it's so <laughs> yeah. happy. Yeah, it's not easy. Um, he, and I think he he had to be. That's necessary. Yeah, right? yeah. Because it does balance the movie. Well, because like it's also part of the conflict. The conflict is. That's why he chases her down, and it's kind of like why he's not supposed to have her because it's like, well, you got your dream, you're done. And it's supposed to be his his. He's finally holding on to her and his dream and what she represents, and right. also her as a person. I think that scene um, where they're in the where they're first in the nightclub, like the abandoned mm-hmm. nightclub, um, that's the most muse like. <laughs> yes, that she is in the whole movie. definitely because she's she's sort of offering she's doing these little teases and she's yeah. and it's also even the idea that he's kind of chasing her down, but she's like always just out of reach, right? And I really like that idea because it's kind of like it kind of represents that that pursuit of your muse, which I think you know to think of a muse as you know as an artist, I think that too often we think of inspiration as being most important. It's mostly it's work. Maybe that's because I'm a corporate seller. But it's mostly it's sitting down doing the work. Probably. But I do think the the idea of, of part of the work is 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 kind of you chase down the muse by doing the work. And I think that gets a little under underrated. And I kind of like that you're right. She's in a way he's kinda of got that arc because he, he sees her and he kind of pursues her a little bit and he gets a little closer every time. He keeps getting a little closer until he finally what the the one wasn't the the dance number in the magic studios when they first really touch and connect. Right. And then after that, she's just kind of telling him what to do. Yeah, yeah, she's just there. You're, I think you're right about the the other bit where she's just telling him, "Okay, buy this, name of this, yeah. <laughs> uh, go change your clothes." Yes. <laughs> Uses no best. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, he has another falling out with his boss, and again, it's like this is this is the scenes that I know they had to be there, but they're a little irritating because it's like just. Just do your jam job, buddy. This seems like he's a pretty reasonable <laughs> boss. Although I do think his boss is kind of weird when he's just like, I used to be an artist, and now I'm a big shot. And the guy, let's just paint what's there. Well, I did. It's like, but I also saw this. No, that's art. It's like, well, art's not negative either, so calm down, man. <laughs> the uh, Gene Kelly asked Sonny at one point if he paints, and he says no. Because apparently he's, he's painting for... All the wrong reasons. I guess it still counts as painting. <laughs> he's using a brush to put paint on canvas. Yeah, he's even though he's he's duplicating things, he's still doing a good job. It's still a technical skill. It's the still artistic skill. You gave me a paintbrush and told me to duplicate a painting, I'd be like, whoops, whoops. I'd be like, it doesn't look anything like it. Don't you know what it looks like? I don't know what it looks like right there. My eyes know. It's these stupid fingers. Yeah, they go over to the music studio. Well, this wasn't is a, there. There's a part with uh, Gene Kelly, right? Having this, a, a reverie, right? This is the part I like where he meets Gene Kelly again. They go and hang out, and Gene Kelly's like, "I'd like you get the backstory about like he used to be a musician and he wasn't." And they go after, and there's this line. This is perfect. This is where I give the movie credit. You're right. Some subtext, even though it's, it's the kind of obvious, is Kira was his singer in his band, and then she left, and he was like, "I wasn't going to chase after her." That's the idea. Is you have to put in the work. To be an artist, you can't just expect it to come to you. And that's why he lost his art. Because he said that. He goes, when she left, I kind of lost my heart for it and I became a builder. And a... Right. So it's like that idea that she's the she's something right. you have to pursue. You have to pursue right. artists. It, well, not just art. To be fair, it's not just art. Everything is putting putting some work in. <laughs> Maybe not a lot. Maybe you get lucky. But still kind of, it's very rare for things to fall right into your lap. Sure. You have to pursue your passion. Otherwise, you're just a soulless corporate drone. <laughs> 
if you're not if you're not making art, you might as well be making like, money. <laughs> like that douchebag hot dog vendor guy. <laughs> Some nerve on that guy. Wait, what are those passions making hot dogs? <laughs> no, I'm confused. I don't know who to root for. Oh shit. I mean, do you see the way he was trying to get Sonny to be happy about that douchebag thing you made him do? <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> what an asshole. But then you're right, like uh they, they talk, he's like, Oh, I would open I'd like to open a club, maybe you got to find the right place. Maybe you can find it. And then he leaves. <laughs> yeah. And then there's that giant room. What's what we talked about? This giant room, which just has tons of furniture just scattered throughout. Yeah, this is where it starts getting kind of weird. And I was like, well, what? That says weird. But then it's because then when the room clears up in the fantasy sequence, him and Olivia Newton-John dancing. And I love the sequence, like where he starts thinking about it and she kind of, the dance kind of materializes and they, they do a dance. Yeah. And it's really cool. I mean, so, this, this Kelly, one's man. Uh, kind of an homage to uh, 50s musicals. Yeah. Because there's a tap, dance, tap dancing number in there, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Kira's dressed up as a like yeah, like a, 1940s or 50s. Yeah. And you're right, the dancing is very much like, uh, and it's sweet, and I think it's really it's really sincere. And she does a pretty, you know, she's not, obviously, you know, she's not a, a super talented dancer, but she does a pretty solid job, especially since it's Gene Kelly later in his career. I mean, he would have blown her out of the water. <laughs> it is huge. <laughs> you know, but at this stage, they're... they're she may have not fall over. It's and <laughs> it helps that I think Gene Kelly is really good at, I'm sure, helping his partner because he's, you know, he's, yeah. he's a great. I, I believe that. You can show his, his, his he skills made it look there. <laughs> and you'd mentioned something when we were watching it that uh, the, the 50s uniforms seemed better than the yes. actual period 80s stuff yes yeah when she's running around in that in that 80s outfit it's like it looks fine but it looks very 80s well i was thinking about that and yeah. i think part of the reason is that um a lot of the stuff we think of as the 80s mm-hmm. we've kind of filtered out like <laughs> the bad parts so in the same vein i mean when they did that movie and they did like the 50s period stuff oh i can see that they filtered out you know the, the weird like oh this looks dated <laughs> i can see that you're right it's kind of like why don't they make great music like they did in the 40s and i was like that's because they don't listen to the crappy 40s music right. anymore <laughs> right you're not listening to the 40s band like crunkle plays the blues <laughs> a jug or some crap. don't don't you but that existed don't you impugn <laughs> jug music the most pure of all musics <laughs> Fine. Get, get Crunkle yourself, was ahead of his time. Give yourself guess. a washboard and, and jug. That's some good music. <laughs> Go on. Well, you all know it. We all know it. <laughs> Everybody knows. <laughs> so, so I think that's part of it. Um, when, when we uh do like look back on these periods we filter out a lot well 80s is a lot closer too so i think Uh, things can look more dated when they're close overall sure because it's like if something looks like it's weird if something looks from like 15 years ago i think you can look a little more dated something from like 30 years ago because it's almost like 30 years ago is is vintage (laughs) well i almost it's a little different i think because if somebody made a modern movie and threw something from the 80s in there yeah It'd probably look a lot better. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, just like 30 years from now, I mean, somebody makes a movie about 2017. <laughs> they won't include, I don't know, skinny jeans? 
what stupid thing are we doing right now? I don't know. You know, a lot of the problems is that stuff you don't notice until it's over. You're kind of like, oh, I know that we're doing a lot of stupid. Oh, I forgot that really stupid thing we were doing. I didn't realize we were doing it at the time. <laughs> yeah, you can't see it while you're in it. Uh, sometimes you're like, oh, that was, yeah, I noticed that was stupid when I, oh, I didn't realize that was stupid. <laughs> can't believe I had a beard. <laughs> that guy's got no cyborg eyes. <laughs> Here's the here's where also as we're talking about like so Sunny we cut to Sunny again and he's painting and angry about it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then she appears in the background, like supposed to be magical, but you can't see her face and at the time it's like, man, this is so close to a slasher movie. <laughs> <laughs> like she's a magical monster out to destroy you. They show him behind him in yeah. one shot yeah. and then like cut away and then come back to the same shot, she's not there yeah. anymore. <laughs> it's like it's like all it would take is the <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, he's in Freddy's dream realm. <laughs> Get out! <laughs> the muse is coming from within the studio. <laughs> Muses had to live on the blood of the disgruntled artists. <laughs> Scream for me so I can be inspired. <laughs> so then she shows up and she starts talking to him, and then they go and do the roller skating in the magical studio, which I don't understand at all. It's an advanced music studio. It makes noise. Yeah, drops props from drops ceiling. Props from the, but I do like the sequence. It's fun. <laughs> you just don't understand music. You know, I guess I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I think about this sequence. This is the first time they're really kind of interacting. And of course, they're roller skating because they're not roller skating this movie. And then he sweeps her up in his arm and he's almost about to kiss her. And the boss shows up and it's just like, oh, what are you guys doing in the magical studio? <laughs> <laughs> no dreams in the magical studio. <laughs> Because he's not an artist anymore. He doesn't understand. That's right. So this is where she starts falling for Sonny, I guess. He's like, I want to know about you. And she goes, no, I'd want to learn about you. And then they go, do 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 And they cut to them walking. And he's like, well, now you know all about me. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, he could have parents? I don't know. Maybe he was adopted? I personally think, if we get to fill in his backstory, he spent, he was Shanghai. It's a youth. Wow, okay. Spent several years until he finally escaped. As a child soldier? As a ch- well, he was a sailor. Shanghai. Classic. <laughs> classic Chinese Shanghai. <laughs> oh, a proper Shanghai. Right. <laughs> like pirates, buccaneers. Got him on a junk. <laughs> and then eventually he escaped. Made a rowboat out of uh, paintings. That's where it's Rode to shore. Out of his went crumpled to, things. <laughs> went to art school. Came back. There you go. That's his <laughs> story. All right, I'll buy it. <laughs> <laughs> and then they walk into the into Xanadu before it's been Xanadu, but they walk up to it and are just like, uh, she's like, this is the place. <laughs> so he goes, this crummy old building. <laughs> um, you know what? <laughs> you don't deserve. Really as much as I love this movie, I am getting madder at Sonny. <laughs> He's a good enough guy at the end, but for this stage, it's like, man, people keep coming and handing you dreams and you're just like, whatever, man. <laughs> It seems like what he was inspired to do was get into Olivia Newton-John's pants. <laughs> no matter what it takes. <laughs> Want me to open a building? Sure, open a building. Whatever, man. That's always been my dream. Cookie pancakes, too. Want me to open a sandwich shop? I always want to open a sandwich shop. Sure. Kira, what do you want? <laughs> I've always wanted to learn how to do handstands. Yep, yep, Kira, totally. <laughs> Classic friend zone mistake. <laughs> Classic muse zone. Muse, muse zone. <laughs> you know, 
just because Amuse spends time with you, you are not entitled to inspiration. <laughs> oh, I'm just here to inspire you. <laughs> you know, in a way, she's almost like a manic pixie dream girl before that was a thing. <laughs> Which actually is kind of the definition of Amuse when you think about it. I guess. I'm not completely 100% on the definition of you know, manic, manic pixie dream manic, girl. Manic pixie dream girl is, uh, is a character, usually a woman, young woman in particular, whose job is to be eccentric and colorful to bring oh, okay. life to the male protagonist who's usually disillusioned in. So she is actually that, but to be fair, that's kind of what muses are. So, <laughs> yeah. No, I can't like this movie as much. No, it's charming. Who cares? She's a manic pixie dream girl with a proper designation. Right. And she does have a goal, too. I mean, at the end of the day, when she does at least exhibit some desire, like, oh, I, I want I want to come to Earth. I want to do this. Yeah, she's, she's, she's filling things, too. She's not just there to totally... She does have a little of a story arc herself. As much, really, as much as him... Because nobody really has much of a story arc. <laughs> so then we cut to... It's all about the music, man. That's right. We cut to... That's what the, that director had a clear vision. <laughs> so then they cut to Gene Kelly. Donnie and uh, Sonny are in the club. And they're looking around. And they're like... They're in the club. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like both envisioning... What the club could be. And you have these two sequences. Classic. Yeah. And 80s. <laughs> the the big bandstand type of classic. Mm-hmm. Um, and the rockin' 80s. The 80s. <laughs> Their vision of the 80s is kind of horrifying. You know, I enjoyed the music from the 80s in this particular bit. But the, yes, it almost like, especially because they're all dressed in red. Yeah. It kind of like, are they in hell? <laughs> Is that going on? It's like there's that scene in uh, Matrix, Matrix 2. Let's dance! <laughs> and it's like all slow motion, and it's all sweaty, and it's all like, oh my god, these guys are in hell. What happened to them? It's like it's supposed to be like, and then they cut to like Neo and, and Trinity are like making love, and yet they're so intense the whole time. And it's supposed to be intense, but it's like, man, they're not enjoying that experience at all. Yeah. <laughs> Real world's no picnic. I guess. <laughs> I'm just like, man, I'm, I, I, maybe I'm not making love right. I don't know. <laughs> You're not enjoying it, are you? I don't. Yeah, I get it. Don't smile. Don't smile. What's that? You're smiling. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's a little bit like this because it's like the big band is like, they're all like, having a good. And the other one is like, they're red. And they're, the music's good, but everybody else is kind of like, like there's one point where one's actually dark. chained into like. <laughs> Wired into a speaker system. There's some weird bondage scene in there. Otherwise, I mean, I like a lot of the dancing in that scene. I like a lot of the... But there's some weird accidental... Like, I would have liked that if it was a little more poppy. Like 80s yeah, poppy. Yeah. Oh, also, I think that it's... I would have liked more of the fashion. To, it might be a little early for 80s pop. Yeah. Also, I think it's weird because like the, the, the 50s stuff, they're all wearing different kind of clothes. In the 80s one, they're all kind of wearing the same thing. I think they could yeah. have done more diversity. But it does have that cool bit where you kind of like see them and they're playing the same song and they're kind of dueling with each other. Mm-hmm. And then when the that that cool set where the two sets kind of, the, the two groups meet each other and kind of interact and the sets merge, I think it's a really cool fact. I really like that. Like, it's yeah, really, that's, a, that's a good musical cut. And yeah. it, it's sort of that moment of the... You said it's the sort of the musical theme transition because it's it's the merging. It goes from we started in the past and we're kind of going now, go to the present, yeah. and that's the future. And the future is the fusion of those elements. That's right. interesting. <laughs> that's interesting. I like that. <laughs> I mean, the future can't be. They don't know what's what the future is. <laughs> it's so not going to be. They can do it like a fusion right. of yeah. different styles. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite things is uh, I was in a rental car one time and they had Sirius satellite radio and you know they have like twenties. 
30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. Like they had each of those yeah. eras. If you, I liked, I'd listen to the 10, like 1910 for maybe like they five minutes. That, yeah, I listened to like that. Then I'd switch to 1920s and I would notice the differences, but I could still see I was influenced. And if I've charted each, and, it, and within like an hour, I could see each transition so that by the time I got to like the 2000s, I actually could see the link as weird. You wouldn't think, of, you wouldn't put 2000 next to like 1910 and think they're influencing each other, but they did. Huh. Because they touched everything. It's really fascinating. It was one of my favorite. If you ever do that, do that. It's a great thing. It's just fascinating. Have to check it out. You can probably reproduce this experiment on the internet somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting because I was just like, oh, I can see this. This is slightly different than this. And this is slightly different than that. And then by the end. So that's sort of when they merged the two. It's kind of like acknowledging that there's. I feel like there was some commercial where they started at the 70s or 60s. And I, I can had see the that. same tune kind of go through each era. I can see that. With the characteristic instruments. Mm-hmm. So then we get to the Don Bluth animated section. Yes. <laughs> the the full-on Fantasia. Which is really good. <laughs> I mean, Don Bluth, great, great animator. And it's just a really charming... <laughs> like everything in this movie, it's just a charming sequence. Yeah, it feels like it should be awkward, but it's it's really not. Yeah, and there's, not a, like, there's no justification for it. It's just... <laughs> She's amused, and yeah. it's magic. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. You know, and even like, yeah, they turn into fish... Is it turned to birds? <laughs> they kiss on a rose. It's sweet. It's like a kiss from the rose in the rain. <laughs> anyway. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fun fact, that was in... I think that was in the second Batman movie, wasn't it? Kiss from a rose? So, yeah. Fun fact, that was not the one they thought would be do well. They thought there was another song, I think R. Kelly did, that they thought was going to be the big song from that hmm. movie. I don't know if it's a fun fact or not, but I said fun fact, so it must be. Um, <laughs> it's as fun as you make it. Con Air. Con Air has How Can I Live Without You, sung by Trisha Yearwood, and then there was another version sung by Leanne Rimes, and they were like, well, no one's a, the Trisha Yearwood one is clearly the better one, and the Leanne Rimes one's the one that sold much more. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't, can't predict, predict this stuff. Yeah. I mean, Goldfinger from James Bond. Yeah. Well, that's just a great song. Um, whatever that song was from Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to miss <laughs> thing kills I miss you, baby. <laughs> and I don't want to miss her. <laughs> I feel like I may not be doing that justice. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I felt moved. I felt moved. My favorite part was somebody was, uh, I, I remember I was watching a review and somebody said like, you know, it was like this is from years later and they were like, you know, there's that scene where it's like, don't you do, don't, I won't leave you behind. And it's like Ben Affleck, and you're in the, in the preview. You're just like, oh well, maybe he's talking to his girlfriend or whatever. But in the movie, it's actually him doing it to Bruce Willis. <laughs> and you're like, okay, cool. <laughs> My other favorite thing about Armageddon, version of expectations. <laughs> Armageddon is when Ben Affleck asked, I think the director or the screenwriter is like, wouldn't it be easier to train astronauts to be drillers than drillers to be astronauts? <laughs> and so the response was, shut up. <laughs> Quiet you. Quiet you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that Armageddon <laughs> was the most logical. Oh, I don't have a problem with Armageddon doing that. I mean, it's it's a fun. It's a, I haven't seen Armageddon in a long time, but it's back when Michael Bay was a little more was a little sure. more understated. It's a good film. It's I'm a good not, film. I'm not sure that its lessons are applicable to actual <laughs> asteroid emergency. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what we would do. And Bruce Willis up there. I always like that. Actually, when they talk about asteroid uh, diversion, like the the actual classic solution is simply get something big, like a, a ship or something with a large mass, and just have it fly next to the asteroid, and by gravity, it'll slowly divert it. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's not an exciting movie. No. <laughs> we need you guys to fly right next to an asteroid for a couple of months. Can you do that? Sure. I sure. Unless you have a sunshine style madman. <laughs> 
aboard the ship. <laughs> who, who, who just likes uh, steering the wrong way. <laughs> yeah. he starts, Damn it. Starts worshipping the asteroid. <laughs> I want to go left. The asteroid wants me to go left. <laughs> no, that's towards the asteroid. <laughs> You can make that work. <laughs> I think you could work again as long as the guy doesn't like doesn't just sit in the asteroid room staring there, shouting his speech for five minutes while another character gazes on. Just saying, if there's a real asteroid emergency, our response may not be <laughs> to send a redneck up there whose idea is to blow it up. <laughs> you know, I'm beginning to think there's not as much science in these movies as I thought. I won't rush. You wait. You wait. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. So, <laughs> back in the movie, they do that part with the uh, the clothes. The clothes. They're going to go buy clothes. Oh, yeah. Because most 80s movies have to have a shopping montage. Yes, and they make theirs exquisite. <laughs> this may be the best shopping montage ever. Because you got those weird, like, 80s people, like the mannequins come to life. Yeah. And they're dancing around. <laughs> they have, like, punk rockers in right. the store for some reason. And, it, and of course, it's, it's tells themselves that Gene Kelly, like, he comes out in some of the silliest looking clothes. Some really good looking clothes, some silly looking clothes. But every time he's just like, hey! He does a little dance move and it's just like, oh, you can pull it off. I'd be like, well, that guy looks like an idiot. And then he'd just do his little, like, soft shoe move and I'd be like, well, that guy looks awesome. <laughs> Like I've never been. It's like I have this thing about like sometimes I'll see my cat sleeping and be like I have never been that happy in my entire <laughs> life. And the same way watching this movie, like Gene Kelly just walks in a room and does a little like spin or something. I have never been that suave in my entire life. <laughs> this is Gene Kelly on the down end. He's still lost. This is not height of Gene Kelly. Oh, he's still got some juice in the tank. So the whole shopping sequence is really fun. And it really helps that it's Gene Kelly that they're dressing up. Yes. yes. As you mentioned, he looks good doing anything. Right. And it's not too 80s in the sense that even though there's like weird people around him, he's mostly wearing you know, fairly reasonable clothes. They're a little goofy sometimes, but... I think the the parts of this movie that are so obviously from the 80s are, are kind of charming. It's a little bit reminds me of what I, I love about Last Dragon is I feel like, although Last Dragon is not as dated because it's 85, there's sort of an artifact quality to it. It's like yeah. when I watch some old movie, like I love like like watching an old black and white movie, or like a '60s science fiction movie, and being like, "This is kind of silly," but it, it's got charm. It becomes an artifact. It becomes a period piece in a way too. Right. So I think those movies kind of intrude on the movie, yeah. but not well, not intrude. Those 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 spots show up. Yeah. You're like, oh, that is definitely 1980. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't really intrude on the movie. They just kind of overlap with the the music videos. And the I story do. Arc. Yeah. I agree. I agree. So, I mean, I could see a case where, in a bad movie, <laughs> there's way too much 80s slang. It doesn't have a lot of slang. I notice it doesn't have a lot of slang, which I think actually helps a lot. Because I think too much slang can be, especially since slang is so dated so easily. And also makes it just, like, draws attention to itself. I'm thinking about, like, Last Dragon has that, too. It doesn't have a lot of slang in it. That's true. Um, but you're right. It, it's it's just got a charm. It's just charming. It's like, it's like Last Dragon, where it's just like, Last Dragon has that thing, like, where... Like Charlene saying in fire. Fire, fire, fire. <laughs> I was like, that's charming. The things they included from the eighties are not things that are that are like grating. Yes. I can see that. <laughs> right. Which includes stuff like slang and uh, like amounts of money and cars a lot yeah. of times. Yeah. Well have you seen um you probably haven't, but have you seen Break In or Break In Two? No. I feel like Break In is a lot like Xanadu in that it's just this movie about breakdancing, 
but it has this sort of sincerity about like these these break dancers and it has some charming sequences too like there's one and i think it's in two where it's almost like it's a homage to like uh the movie where you're dancing on the ceiling the guy starts break dancing in like a like a tree house or a clubhouse and he starts walking on the ceiling it's a really good sequence and I remember when I watched that, I'm just like, well, th- I should find this annoying, but it's sincere and it's creative and it's lively. And, and Break has a little bit more slang in it because it's a little more, you know, urban. But it's also just got a lot of, and it's got a lot of good energy. And in Break too, they literally bring them, there's a part where they're breakdancing in a hospital. <laughs> and they bring them back to life <laughs> with the power of breakdancing. I'm literally watching it and, I, and like a guy's dying. And I was like, it's not very healthy to have breakdancers in your operating room. And I'm like, that guy's going to die. And then he like flatlines. And I'm like, oh my God, they killed the guy for breakdancing. And then suddenly he's up and he's breakdancing with them. And I'm just like, that shouldn't work. But damn it. <laughs> Thank God they were there to breakdance that man's life back. I don't know why that wouldn't work. <laughs> breakdancing. Sounds great to me. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's this rule I have, like there's rules in genre and like like uh, in karate, in kung fu movies, one of the rules is that guns exist, but they tend not to be very good and they tend to be hard to use. That's why everyone has to do karate and right. kung fu. I feel like dancing movies, it's like dance has a lot of power. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. Yeah, we, we danced him back to life. Right. It's just like over the top. That's right. Where arm, arm wrestling, wrestling determines like, the fate of empires. Disputes. <laughs> <laughs> this is Where it makes all your wishes come true. <laughs> That's what your movie's about. It's fine. <laughs> just like in Xanadu, Chase and Tail. <laughs> will help you achieve your dreams. <laughs> is that your, that's your message? <laughs> You know, <laughs> trying to get laid has more consequences than you can imagine. You <laughs> can make all your dreams come true. I feel like there's just a lot of a lot of grist here for Xanadu too. <laughs> the fall of Sunny. <laughs> all I'm saying. That's the message of Xanadu. Chase tail, man. Classy. <laughs> Cash checks break nice. <laughs> I don't know why I can't get over this this idea that Xanadu is about like capitalistic success. I don't know. <laughs> and getting laid. I think that you're you're like, would I hit that? Hit that. <laughs> That'll make all my dreams come true. Those muses are inspiring me right now. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure to put on a woman. Or a man, I think. <laughs> I mean, sure. I know that there are people who live their lives thinking like, man, if I could just get with get with that person X, everything would be awesome. And you're like, oh, it's, it's not, you're not, that's probably not true. <laughs> yeah, that, I have to admit, that this is a major part of this movie. It is. <laughs> Although I just find it crude. Chasing tail. We talked about this movie could easily be G, I mean, except for the for one shit. <laughs> except for the one shit. There's the one shit. Yes, classic movie trope, movie yeah. thing. Where somebody uh, curses to raise the yeah, rating. Yeah, this is easily BG. I mean, it's such a... Even their love is just like, I want to hug you and kiss you. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe roller skate with you. Yeah, let's hold hands. Let's hold hands. <laughs> then she she tells Sunny that he's a, she's a muse. That's that part. Which I think is nice. She's like, oh, I shouldn't have these feelings. And I do like that. I love that. Because there's that thing we talk about where it's just like uh, convincing. She's a muse. She just convinces him by doing something magical. That, yeah. 
was like, yeah, she could just do that. Yeah, that's true. And and I like that because I'm just like, uh, it's always weird. It's like, I'm amused, but I'm not going to show you. I was like, well, then what's the point of bringing it up? If they were going to bring it up, it is nice that she proved it. Yes, and then she For teleports away, which really proves it. <laughs> if she wasn't going to prove it, then... It would have been a dumb scene. Right. They probably should have just never had her said anything. Yeah. And you make your own conclusions. <laughs> right. She leaves, and then Sunny, who gives up on everything instantly, is immediately like, <laughs> Well, there's no point in any of it anymore. There's no Xanadu. <laughs> it's like, Sunny. I just want Donnie to be like, Oh, well, I'm glad I invested millions of dollars in this then, Sunny. Yeah. <laughs> Starting to regret his choice of partner. <laughs> That's right. But this is where he tells him, You've got you to gotta pursue it. you got to chase it down. you got to... Which can be bad advice. I mean, very stalkery too. <laughs> but this fits with your, yes. your theme of uh, pursuing art. Right. And taking a chance. He's got to take a chance and skate through the wall. Got to keep trying. And he, so he skates through the wall of muses and up in, <laughs> in Olympus. I like Olympus as sort of this weird minimum 80s, minimal 80s look kind of thing. Yeah, a lot of neon. A lot of neon. I don't know what they would have put there. I like that they didn't actually go with, we're going to make Zeus or God or whatever appear as a person that probably helps it not look too dated also right because it's more along the lines of this is sort of a i I, my idea is that it actually has a form but he's he's mortal he can't really perceive very much of it yeah and why not you know and why not i just have like stars and again because even the zeus you know like he's zeus but even the credits call him male heavenly voice and call her female the other one female heavenly voice i'm like well they're clearly different kind of entities because like they mentioned that joke about like we studied that in our mortal history class (laughs) And I thought that was kind of a cool because I like that you know yeah he calls him Zeus but like that like he's like what do you know oh everything <laughs> <laughs> yeah Zeus can just be a label right that well that's we know really that's what Zeus always that's what Zeus or or uh, Thor all those all the Odin all those gods name a female god Mut Mut Egyptian goddess M U T she won some brain cells but... she appears in my book Divine Misfortune yeah. alongside Zeus at the end because they're two of the big guys. Which I've read, but I don't remember that. Well, she's very, she's mentioned very briefly. Yeah. But like, uh, I looked at a bunch of cool gods. She's a cool god. So yeah, he goes and he confronts, you know, like, you're supposed to be here. How'd you get here? Which is kind of. That's a good question. It's a good question. And it is an interesting part about, because part of being creative, or not just creative, constructive, doing something can feel sometimes like you can't reach it. And he he reached it in this way, all through the miracle of chasing tail. You've soiled this movie for me, Scott. <laughs> I feel a little bad. Um, so the the mural represents some kind of artistic block that he has to push yeah. through. Yeah. Okay. You got to confront the muses. He's got to push through and find them. Confront the muses. All right. And so uh, listen up, muses. Sometimes you gotta. I actually think that as an artist, I'll I'll I'll, I'll say that or talk to somebody and they'll be like, "Oh, you know, sometimes I just don't feel like writing." I'm like, "Well, tough. Do it." <laughs> It's like, it's probably going to suck, but at least you'll get it done, you know, or they'll work through it. And sometimes you do have to, like, there's this idea of the muse coming down as inspiration. Sometimes it's more like you hold the muse down and you just keep, keep, <laughs> just slap keep her around. slapping her around. <laughs> I hope this isn't a weird metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> If it like helps, I feel like you've committed. I, it feels like if it helps, I could view the muses as, as Schwarzenegger or something. I mean, it's going <laughs> it help. Yeah, if you thought they were women, that's on you. <laughs> muses got many forms. <laughs> Whatever. I do not endorse slapping people, men or women, for ideas. Right. Well, I tried yeah. it. It doesn't work very well. Walking down the street, give me a story idea. And then you slap something. I slap them. <laughs> I don't know. There's something about gods in the modern day world. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Thanks. 
<laughs> what if a robot was a detective? <laughs> Good idea. Then I give him another sock in the gut just to make sure they know who's boss. Where are we in this movie? <laughs> the, the confrontation with uh, Zeus, and which I, I like. I, I, the voice actors are cool. I love that. So he, he says like, oh, you know, uh, just give us more time or whatever. Can we have at least a little bit more time? And then Zeus is like, no, one dream, one person goes away. There's lots of dreams. And then Olivia Newton just, just songs just sings a song about her heart. That's all. She's just sitting there singing about her heart. And I, I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good song. It's a nice song. And then there's that thing about like, uh, where was if it? There's a low point to this movie. I guess that's kind of it. <laughs> it doesn't feel all that sad. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. Yeah, that's close as you get to sort of a, the low moment. Yeah. <laughs> and then she sings her her It's a very song. upbeat movie. <laughs> it is, it is. And I don't think that's bad. I think sometimes we over, we oh, well, we overestimate dark, unpleasant things. I think, I think sometimes something that's not that good will get a lot of extra credit because it's unpleasant. <laughs> And I think something that's actually fun and lively can lose points because it's it's easy to digest and enjoyable. So this is an easy to digest, digest movie. I, I agree. I think there's something to be said for that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a movie I like that I know you don't really agree with. <laughs> uh, Chef with um, John Favreau in it. Oh, I like it okay. Uh, I like that one. And I really like that movie. But there's no real... There's not like a real crisis in it. Right. He loses his job and decides to start running a food truck. Right. But, Nobody's like about to die, or there's no real <laughs> villain in cancer. it. There's not really even a villain in it. Yeah. No, I think Chef's an okay movie. I like Chef. I don't. I don't love it, but I don't. I don't dislike it. I, I think it's got elements I like. It's another movie that I think of that I just that's it charming. Makes, it makes me feel good. Right. And it's about you know uh, John Favreau chasing tail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, you can always tell when somebody writes and directs a movie when they're like, uh, yeah, well, my ex-wife is Sofia Vergara. All right, sure. <laughs> and I was sleeping for a little bit with Scarlett Johansson. Oh, of course you were. Sure you were. It's not explicit, but yes. <laughs> yes. And then luckily, was. <laughs> your, your your ex-wife came back to you because, of course. Because you're so awesome. Because you're so awesome. <laughs> but no, I think there's something you've said for that. I, I think the only reason, the only problem I have with Chef is I feel like it's a little too self-serving in its love of Jean Favreau. <laughs> But it's a minor complaint. Perfect movie. No, 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 no. There's a lot of food porn in there. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of things I like about it. There are a lot of things I like about it. Um, I didn't dislike it. I think it's a good movie. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I I liked it fine. I didn't find it as charming as Xanadu, but uh, to be fair, there's not many songs. (laughs) I can't argue with that. But, Chef, also, not a huge amount of conflict. No, you're right. It's, 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 thematically, it's more about, it's more about art again. In, In this case, the artist threw the food, but it's still the same thing. It's about him discovering it. And at the end, when he's connected... There's that weird cartoon bit in the middle. <laughs> and when he connects... Wait a minute. And then when he finally connects with the food to like pure love of it, he opens up a club. <laughs> and then everybody's dancing at the end. <laughs> the true fulfillment. Oh, my God. <laughs> of art. Ends it's with everybody dancing. And opening a business and dancing. And he's got his love back. Oh, my God. He just throws out a do. <laughs> It's basically the end of with the food truck. <laughs> There's that line about like, uh, oh, like this Hera's like, oh, come on, honey. And she's like, okay, maybe I'll give him one more moment. Or forever, I forget which. <laughs> I like that idea that they're timeless beings. So then we got the Xanadu. This is the big thing. Oh, man, this is the grand finale of the movie. <laughs> and just Gene Kelly roller skating and around Xanadu. is it. <laughs> yes. And, it's, and you're right. Now I think about it, it is that where like there's people dressed like from the 80s and there's people that dressed like in zoot suits. There's people of different eras. 
it's like it's become this timeless embodiment of the joy of music. <laughs> it's become Xanadu. Yes, and they're all joined in the cult of worshiping Xanadu. That's right. They've even got the X, the X thing, because it's like they all know, or like the part where it's like Xanadu, Xanadu. <laughs> the... A military drum beat. <laughs> they're all like marching their skates. Xanadu. <laughs> Xanadu. I mean, when you've got your own gesture, you're really close to some weird religious territory there. And, uh, and Gene Kelly is their prophet. And Gene Kelly is all, oh, and he's just roller skating and having a good time. Oh, I love Gene Kelly in this movie. Like, he's totally selling to me. Like, there's all these guys behind him roller skating. He's just roller skating. And he's just like, Xanadu. Xanadu. So, I'd follow him. Yeah. I'd start to. I'm not a great follower, Scott, but I'd follow him and start doing the X. I'd sign over my house. <laughs> start farming potatoes. That's right. Sometimes we get a good musical number every so often. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know if I like farming potatoes. It's farming potatoes. <laughs> you can you can do it in roller skates. <laughs> That's fun. Classic roller skates. That's how they get you. That's all I needed. So it's, yeah, it's just sort of this, this like rollicking musical number. And then she comes, Kira slash Luna and John starts doing her musical number, which is the title song Xanadu. And, uh, and then they've got the muses dancing with her. And then there's this weird bit where they like do different styles. But again, that fits with the theme where like she's doing like a 80s bit. She's doing like a, like a rocking bit. And she's doing like a country bit. <laughs> <laughs> There's one other bit I can't remember. It's kind of futuristic. Yeah, it's kind of futuristic. Kind of like a, it's. I think it again. It's the fusion of like '80s mm-hmm. rock with um, some classical elements. Right, and it's it's a good sequence. Again, the the dancers are cool. I, by the way, I love that the. Uh, it's interesting that they're switching genres here instead of periods. Right, it's almost like the mu- the movie really is. I don't want to say challenging, but the movie really is like it's evolving enjoy music. Yeah. Like it's weird because it is true. It's like. It's really easy to kind of get stuck in your rut, and you can't appreciate all musical styles. You're not going to have the skills or the desire to, but the idea that this is transcends genre, I think that's what I like about this movie, is it's not really a disco movie, it's not really a 80s movie, it's kind of like, uh, it's music. It's like sort of, music is nice, enjoy more it. like a, a celebration. Yeah. Homage kind of movie. Yeah, to, it's nice. To just music and art yeah is that the subtext you think it has i think that there's layers here right because yeah. they've got the the main story of sunny finding inspiration and and donnie at the same time which is actually two two threads going on mm-hmm. right because they both kind of merge at the end mm-hmm. but they are both looking for their own kind of fulfillment um and then at the same time i think we've got this this evolution of the kind of musical numbers they're showing yeah where you get to the point at the end where they're actually just they're Going through all those things and they merge them all together. If it's not intentional, it sure seems like it. It feels like it feels very much like it. There's a, a crescendo here, and it would fit with the whole beginning of the movie, right? And, and I feel mm-hmm. like that's probably part of the reason why the music numbers don't feel out of place, right? Because, it, right? because it's a music. It really is a. They're doing the slow build from the right the fifties to the. 80s through like this like punk era type stuff and then at the end they do it all again real quick and then just kind of merge it all together you know it's interesting because one of the things i tend not to like about musicals is if the music is not essential like if the plot doesn't evolve around it now in this one it's funny because technically the plot doesn't really revolve around these musical bits because these musical bits except for the one like where she's singing about like you know wanting to be free uh and be with sunny most of them are just musical bits like oh they in love or something like that but you could take those out but but since it's a movie about music 
maybe that's why they don't bother me because they feel like they're they feel essential because that's really what the movie is really about i think it's intentional I f- it feels like it feels very intentional right it feels like the, the music numbers are paced to the high and low points of the movie mm-hmm. um and maybe staggered a little bit yeah like they're off off the actual story marks by i don't know a few months mm-hmm. but um, it's certainly, it feels like a journey. <laughs> it does. It, through music styles. It does. You know, when you say that, like, I know I like this movie for a lot of reasons, but I think I like it for that, that subtext that pops in it. It really is. Like, even though the music is not like what I would consider edgy by any imagination, stretch of imagination, it's it's still kind of joyful and still reminds me of movies <laughs> this is about religion. Because it's like, oh, a joyful <laughs> chorus. Zadadoo. 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 when you over and then they... Think of the human sacrifices. Um, <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I'm picturing you like standing with an altar. So she's got a knife. She's like, it's Xanadu. She's like dancing around with a knife and everyone's just like, eh. even the sacrifice is like, oh. <laughs> I know I should resist, but it's so catchy. And then she, she teleports away and this like, it's kind of this cool shot where like she's, Looks like it's just him in there. It's like it's metaphorical. It's just him and her. She's singing to him. She teleports away. And then he's disappointed. And then the crowd kind of mills back in. So he realizes he really wasn't away, gone. And then he's just like, well, that's it. And he goes and sits with Donnie. And then Donnie's like, oh, well, you should get a drink. And she shows up (laughs) as human form. And he's like, I just want to talk to you. And that's the end of the movie. Although I would like the movie to end with Donnie going, get back to work. What are you doing? Because Donnie's bitter because he lost his muse, so no. Right. Kira says, I can't do art when you're paying me for it. Um, <laughs> you son of a bitch. But, uh, <laughs> so that's the end of the movie. Full circle. <laughs> I'm glad it got cynical at the end. <laughs> okay, I like that. I've said this before. I liked this movie before. And even though I was a little more irritated by Sonny this time than I was the first time I saw it. <laughs> I think you've convinced me to see a layer in this movie that even if unintentional, although I think it's intentional, is really makes me enjoy it more. I feel like it must be. It just feels like it's got to be because it's just so, I mean, it's, it's weird to say subtle, but since it doesn't draw attention to itself as much as it just naturally progresses through it. Yeah. And there's parts where people just break into a music number and it feels like it should be jarring. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> Well, like the animated one is a perfect example. There's no justification for it. No. It's literally, he puts his arm around her, suddenly they're animated. <laughs> and it's not like they're animated to the place they are. They're animated and they're swimming and they're flying and it's just like... <laughs> I think the real reason it feels natural is because you've been primed for that. Yeah. That, to that point, the like floating through these different musical styles. Right. So when they change the art style, yeah. it feels kind of natural. Yeah. So it doesn't hurt that I think that there's a lot of great production here. Yeah. Especially performers. Like all the supporting, like the, the background performers and all those, those guys are all, they're all solid. Like there's some of the dance stuff where I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> like oh, he's going to get hurt. <laughs> yeah, I thought that swing dancer lady was going to break a hip. <laughs> it was being tossed about violently. <laughs> so it helps that the performers are really solid and it helps that the production's really solid. I mean, the production of this movie is really solid and the... Uh, yeah, it's got a pretty good pace to it. And the, the animated stuff, I mean, that's done by... Don, it wasn't like they threw it together. That's a Don Bluth animated sequence really, really strongly done. It's very polished. Um, so it's all very polished in a weird way. It's just it's just a weird movie. It also came, I think, at a weird time. But also I think that it is... It's, 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 I can see it'll be a little confusing to an audience if you don't, if you don't really 
enjoy the experience. Yeah, I definitely could see large section of people mm-hmm. <laughs> that just will not accept this movie. Right, and how do you just how do you describe this movie? I mean, sort of saying like, well, it's. I mean, now I would describe it, but it's kind of hard. To, it's still kind of not a good sell. It's like, oh well, it's a homage to the joy of music <laughs> <laughs> and how it transcends time and space. <laughs> and how just this this binding force <laughs> like Xanadu <laughs> so it's kind of hard to describe to you I think beyond you know it's a musical but I think it's got some interesting choices yeah this is a harder sell just describing it than mm-hmm. I think Freddy versus Jason I think so well I mean it's the same way you, you talk about like uh, Deep Blue Sea oh, killer sharks okay I get that. <laughs> sure. Like Sharknado. <laughs> well, like that. I mean, it's like it's like sunshine. You can describe sunshine. Oh, there's, it's a science fiction story about this, the difficulties of trying to ignite the sun. All right. It's pretty easy. Right. I mean, yeah. what do you say besides it's well done? <laughs> right. Besides, you know, what do you say to Xanadu? It's a charming movie. Now I do have that about like, well, it's about music. That's still not going to be, someone's going to be like, Xanadu? I'm like, yes, don't you? <laughs> also, the importance of chasing tails. <laughs> <laughs> it's got something for everybody. It's got something for everybody. <laughs> I'm starting to think I was being a little too hard on Sonny, but his attitude really pissed me off. <laughs> I like Sonny fine. I do think his, his story kind of gets a little confused. But at the end of the day, I kind of forgive him because, one, he says it's a charming movie. But, two, when she leaves the second time, he's kind of like, he's kind of sad, but it's kind of he's accepted it. It's like, yeah. okay, you know, I got what I got. And then he stumbles onto it. It's like, oh, well, she's back and we can form a relationship. Other than that, if he was too much of a sad sack again it's just like okay i get it you're down but he does throw a lot of fits he's kind of a very temperamental the whole artistic thing is a little confused <laughs> that's if i was going to make a weak point of this movie that's the the i think that needs to be stronger it needs to make a little more it's fine but it doesn't really fit together as well as it could yeah their their uh, theories on art seem a little bit confused right it's like any kind of creative expression is artistic any type of like creative expression that's not completely yours is not but it's like well you got paid to do a great pay, a big painting okay maybe it's not what you want but you can do other things while you're doing that i don't understand you can he's like he's like i quit to be a freelancer well you know you can freelance and do this yeah michelangelo got paid to paint right. the Sistine Chapel. <laughs> you know i can write something that has nobody's paying me for and still write the things that people pay me for it's not like i have to do one or the other oh, you can so. and do i've seen it yes <laughs> All the time. I don't think anybody's paying you for those short stories on your Not yet. (laughs) Not yet. One day. Okay, so that's it for this movie. But what are we doing next? This is, I think we both are excited about. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Flash Gordon. The legendary movie. I'm kind of wondering if this is actually underappreciated. But you I don't know care. What? I don't care if it's underappreciated. I do think it's underappreciated, though, because I think it's 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 one of those movies I think people think is dumb. I think it's more intelligent than I think people give it credit for. I think it knows what it's doing really intentionally. And I think it's got a lot of really interesting choices. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. Because this is sort of the meat. Flash Gordon's a little bit like the Killer Clowns idea, which is people like Killer Clowns ironically when they shouldn't. It's a solid movie. knows what it's doing. <laughs> I feel like Flash Gordon. A lot of people like it because they're like, "Oh yeah, that weird movie." I'm like, yeah, it's it, it's kind of, it's weird, but I think it's I think it's got some really great elements that I, I think are worth praising. So I have no problem with that on this. It's got a little bit of Xanadu in it. It does. It does help. That it's got the great soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, Queen. Yeah, that's where it's at. And it's got the great production design. I love the production design on this on uh, Flash Gordon all the way through. Um, again, it's got really. Uh, uh, I think the the interesting thing, if I remember right, Sam Jones is dubbed if i remember right which is a weird thing in this movie does he yeah i think he's dubbed if i remember right or, or I don't remember, remember when that. i see it until then <laughs> <laughs> he's cut he's lee and we've just saved xanadu 
Xanadu. I'm doing the X. I'm doing the X. Xanadu. Xanadu. <laughs> the next podcast is going to be, we decided to change our mind. It's going to do Xanadu again. Xanadu. <laughs> Welcome to Save the Xanadu. <laughs> Episode 56. <laughs> Xanadu. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Corporate sellout we are. <laughs> Softer guys understand real art. <laughs> <laughs> we get the game, man. Yeah. You're in there typing away. You get it. For peanuts. <laughs> for, for the love of the game. Right. Acting like love. we're part of the system. That's... <laughs> Inside our souls are screaming for our. <laughs> If you run, uh, <laughs> if you run Microsoft Word long enough, a, a beautiful seaside well, I, shows up. I did have that thing on Windows with that cool shot of that rolling hill. Yeah, <laughs> that's art. Have you ever looked really closely at the blue screen? <laughs> like a magic eye painting. Yeah. There's one pixel in there that contains the Mona Lisa. <laughs> Uh, okay, I think we're ready. So what episode is this? 21. 21, okay. 21! 21. It's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. You guys are fucking legal, man. Legal. <laughs> <laughs> Party! Let's go smoke some weed! <laughs>